This is Fizz Radio on the Score 1260. Tyler Aki alongside Tim Leonard. We've got a lot for you today on this Saturday morning with you until 10 o'clock. We'll get to everything. We've got some football news to talk about. We've got plenty of basketball. A little uncharacteristic to have this much basketball. And we're only, what, the second week of April right now? Yeah, it's crazy. We're going to have to eat crow a little bit on this uh, (laughs) O'Shea Brissett thing. We were of the camp that he was going to the NBA. We were way ahead of the curve there. and. He puts Maybe out the video, it. he's coming back, so we'll have to eat crow, but I guess in a, in a good way for Syracuse yeah. fans. Again, that's kind of like hedging your life right there. Yeah, Where You put your journalistic integrity out sure. there on the line, but at the same time, hey, O'Shea Brissett's coming to the back Raptors. for year two. He's it's still going to the Raptors. Year. Yeah, next um, year. We'll get to some O'Shea Brissett stuff in just a little bit, but first, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Orange Fizz. Also find us online, orangefizz.net, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Be sure to check out the FizzCast as well. Tim and I put out a lot of stuff there, so you can get full episodes of Fizz Radio, but you also get the FizzCast. Those come out about once a week, so yeah, we've got our awards to still give out, Yeah, too. we're waiting for our emergency pod when Tyus makes this decision. Yeah. That'll be up within the hour. We're yeah. going to come right to the studio when that yeah. comes That's through. like our back call. Right, as we've exactly. <laughs> so we've got uh, plenty of stuff in on the FizzCast. You're not going to want to miss that, so be sure to check all that out. And just subscribe to us on iTunes because then you, you just get the purple notification. Yeah, we're good people. Yeah, you know. So give us a five star like. Every I feel once like in a while. we haven't done Fizz Radio in a long time. Yeah, us too. It's, so it's a little weird. It's, it's different because now we've got a time constraint. Fizz, Fizz the Fizzcast, we just kick our feet up right. and just go. We don't operate well with time constraints. Yeah. We kind of just as go evidenced off by and, us just rambling yes. about how much <laughs> how little time we have to talk. Right. So. Let's dive in right now. O'Shea Brissett, very telling video. He's coming back. It's tweeted out by Syracuse Basketball. Kind of a strange move. Everyone, everything's <laughs> got to be a video these days. Like Michael Porter going to the draft, right. thanking everyone. Everything's it's a just, video. Jalen Carey. It's every a digital commitment, age. Yeah. yeah. Every commitment's done via video these days. Unless they get like some sweet edit or something like right. that. Right. I guess it's just everything's got to capitalize. You got to get that out to your Twitter followers and capitalize when you can. So, QS Athletics took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, it seems a little strange. I don't think I've ever seen this before where the account itself is the one that makes the announcement. Yeah, it's also weird that like he made the announcement personally with like a cool video yeah. that was personally edited himself. And then like two days later, this one comes out. It's like everyone already knew he was coming back, but yeah. like, okay, good to hear his thoughts. So he's not entering his name into the draft, which is something that I think is a little surprising to both you and I, because when you look at the pool of people that are entering their names, let's just be frank right now. There's a lot of players that not just don't have a chance in this draft, but probably don't have a chance in any draft. They're right. kind of throwing their names in right now. I mean, I just looked at the list. There's guys from Wyoming. Um, you got DePaul in there. You've got uh, Nevada. There's a lot of very the talent in this uh, yeah. in the people that are testing the waters, but not actually assigning the agent is not very good. And I think when you look at the crop of players who did not sign agents. O'Shea Brissett, in terms of raw NBA talent, he's probably, better than a probably lot of them. top five. Yeah. No, it speaks volumes to how much he likes Syracuse. I think that's my initial takeaway because why not enter your name in the draft and not sign an agent? I mean, that's kind of why. You've got nothing to lose. That's why me and you were of the camp that he was going to do that because 
at least you test the waters a little bit, you get some feedback on your game, and you might go in knowing that you're going to pull out and, and return next year, and probably that's the only time that you'd really likely get drafted high anyway. But, but why not get – this is free feedback. Right, exactly. So I think I'm surprised that he didn't do it based on that, but it really shows you – you know, he was making quotes right after the tournament ended in the postgame presser that he was saying, I really enjoyed my time here and I'm excited for next year. And I think like a lot of Syracuse fans, he's been looking at that roster next year. And unfortunately, Darius Baisley was always in that mindset. Now he's not, but they've still got a very talented roster nonetheless. And he sees that and he sees what they did this year and he thinks he can grow his game and potentially take them to a deep tournament run. And that's obviously intriguing. Yeah, I, this is huge. First, what this program is going to be next year, because when you look at what O'Shea Brissett did, especially down the stretch, because you and I both call him the Mal candidate. That mm-hmm. means you're a guy like Malachi Richardson, who this uh, this term is so dearly named after. <laughs> you go, you have a great tournament, you skip to the NBA. We thought that this was a type of run that he put together in this most recent NCAA tournament that could pretty much mirror image yep. what Malachi Richardson did. He bolstered his stock a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people say, like, oh, man, this is when he really came onto the scene. You and I both kind of saw it during the regular season that right. this was a guy who had a lot of Last NBA month potential. of the regular season, he showed some he turned signs. It on. He, mm-hmm. he was trending up, and he looked like a different player. Yeah, and keep in mind, like, everyone talks about, oh, the consistency of Ty's battle throughout the season— O'Shea Brissett was just as consistent. Double-double, like, every game. I think he had double-digit points in all but two or three games. Right. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But when you look at what he did throughout the season and the progressions he made, remember, at the beginning of the season, this was a guy who could not hit an outside jump shot. Yeah. And he worked, whether you want to blame the dome vision or whatever it is, but he rapidly improved. His step from day one to the loss against Duke in the Sweet 16 was astronomical. Yeah. And a lot of coaches started to take notice. The media and the fans started to take notice that this was a guy who is going to be a quality NBA player at one point, but he's choosing to wait it out and and take that next step in probably next year. Yeah, and I think you just touched on a little bit, saying his jump shot improved. I think that's where he can really bolster his game even more next year. That's got to be the focus going into his sophomore year, if you're tra- talking about getting ready for the NBA or what NBA scouts are looking at, is probably to continue to improve that jump shot because he's got a good stroke. And like you said, I don't know what it was, whether it was dome vision or whatever, but the efficiency numbers at the start weren't great and they got better as the season progressed. And now if he makes that step and he kind of leads this team in scoring, which really depends a lot on Tyus's decision, which is still pending. But regardless, he's he has the opportunity to enhances jump shot next year, which is, I think, the biggest thing for his NBA stock right now. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the Score 1260. Tyler Aki, Tim Leonard with you on the air until 10 o'clock this morning. Be sure to tweet at us at Orange Fizz. Give us all your thoughts on O'Shea Brissett coming back. A huge, huge get for Syracuse Finally basketball. Finally some good news. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> Syracuse I, fans were due for some good we, news. We were talking uh, on the Fizzcast. Th- that was one of the worst weeks. I'm not saying it was the worst week, but just the collection of things that happened to Syracuse basketball. You got Darius Baisley leaving. 
I'm trying to remember. What were some of the other things that happened? Uh, Matt Moyer transfers. Matt Moyer transfers. You're just losing pieces to your team. There was one other thing that's, that's yeah, slipping my mind. There's right been now. so many things. It's been a roller coaster. It all just kind of blends together. And, right. and the Darius Baisley news is obviously the one that takes the cake. But finally, some good news for Jim Bay, Hyman Company. That this is big for them moving forward. So O'Shea Brissett's certainly going to be an integral piece. But when you look at what he did the second half of the season, and we mentioned the jump shot and all that, but I think the one thing that really stood out to me was he was aggressive. This was a guy who, at the beginning of the year, I I kept saying, okay, when is he, we're going to see this O'Shea Brissett that's going to be a freak of nature athlete and have some absolutely vicious slams. Right. And we got those. In the second half of the season. Yeah, and even in March when the pressure ratchets up and he's a freshman. An ACC hitting, play, you're yes. going up against these seven-foot freaks. Absolutely. And you got like Marvin Bagley down low, Wendell Carter, and you're not afraid to go up on that? No, I mean, the only game I can think of, Duke game, he wasn't great in Cameron. Right. The first Duke mm-hmm. game. But other than that, he never had that like freshman deer-in-the-headlights type game all yeah. season long. And he really stepped his game up in the later stages of games, especially when they need a bucket in some of those big games down the stretch. He hit some big shots against Arizona State, Michigan State. Obviously, they wouldn't have made that run without him, and that's the most impressive part to me. He just did not resemble a freshman at all in the late stages of games. He wanted the ball in his hands, and he was aggressive, like you said. Yeah, I remember there was one moment against Wake Forest in the home game against the Demon Deacons Wake had two seven-footers on the floor, Olivier Saar and Darrell Moore. Right. And O'Shea Brissett challenged both of them. He went up for a dunk on both of them. He's fearless. He he missed, but he got fouled. Yeah. But he challenged both of them, and I was like, wow. Yeah. I could not believe it when he went up for that. He can get up for sure. He's got some dunking ability. Yeah. All right, so when we look ahead towards next year's team, let's kind of figure this whole thing out. You and I are both in the camp that Tyus Battle is not coming back. Yeah, sadly. I think he'll probably go to the draft but not sign with an agent right away. I, I, I agree think with he, you. Based on how long it's taken him to make this decision, that's just me speculating. I think he'll probably go about it that route, but eventually he'll work his way up to a late first-round pick and make the jump to the pros, I Yeah, think. because I think the one thing that's going to set him apart— is that these teams are going to realize that he's a a pretty good defender. Because that was kind of his calling card in high school. He was a lockdown defender. He'll take your best guy. And that's something that these NBA teams are going to want. Again, say what you want about his jump shot. A lot of people don't like it. I've always been a fan. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's not the the prettiest thing I've ever seen, but it gets the job done. And he's also a very good mid-range shooter, which is a lot of what the NBA is nowadays. So... I think it's better than advertised at this point. Yeah, and then as long as you can play defense like Tyus Battle can, I think there's going to be an NBA team that finds a home for you. He's 6'6", physical, well-built. He's got an NBA body. For sure. And that's why I think he, he's definitely going to go and, and work his way into the back end of that first round. I think that's going to be enough for him. I think he'll say, go right in that Malachi, Tyler Lydon range. And yeah. he might bounce back and forth between the G League first year, but I think he'll find a home and find a niche in the NBA. Hey, who knows? Maybe he plays with Darius Baisley, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be something. All jokes aside, though, the biggest part, though, about O'Shea Brissett coming back is now, not that there's depth, but you're not stuck with one forward at yeah. this point. <laughs> it looks you, a lot better. You were looking at potentially just Marek Dolezal, 
as the lone forward it's on your crazy, roster heading into next year. I thought year. the forwards were going to be as deep as any part of this team yep. next year mm-hmm. initially. And yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for sure. Just because we know forwards is an integral part of the 2 3 zone. Not only does he bring some scoring punch, but defensively, his size is going to be huge for next year's roster. And Syracuse could be building on that forward position as early as this weekend. We'll tell you which 2018 prospect is visiting Syracuse. That's coming up on the other side. You're listening to Fizz Radio. Back on Fizz Radio, Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard here on The Score 1260, the voice of the Central New York sports fan. Just finish up our O'Shea Brissett conversation. He's coming back to Syracuse, a big get Big for dead. next year's 2018-2019 team. That was probably the biggest burning question on everyone's mind because I think there's still a hefty camp that thinks Tyus is on his way out. But yeah. O'Shea seemed about 50-50. I know a lot of other people, he was very polarizing. I think. Yeah. And maybe I was a little too high on his potential in the NBA well, draft. it would have been rewarding. It would have been rewarding, yeah, for sure. absolutely. I think but, we got a little biased there towards the end. But... but I think there were some people that thought there was 0% chance that he was coming back. Sure. Others that thought maybe 20. But you and I were always, well, at least I was in the 50-50 range. I don't know. Yeah, you sat I kind close of, to that. I kind of teetered more on the side that he's coming back once I heard the quotes, especially the TSN radio comments. Those were really promising. So it's good to have him officially back, mainly because if Syracuse fans didn't get this one and he declared for the draft, and if Tyus does go to the draft like we're expecting, then it just would have been a really bad run of unfortunate events when you factor in Darius Baisley as well. So this one was big to get, for sure, just for Syracuse fans' mindsets. So one forward is back. You know Mark Dolezal's back, and now Syracuse might have another on the way. His name's Bryce Golden, a 6'9 forward out of Maryland. Now, Golden is a pit decommit when stall ball pretty much best decision he's yeah. made in his life. <laughs> <laughs> when Kevin Stallings was still the coach of Pitt, pretty much everyone in protest decommitted slash wanted to transfer. One of the funniest things you'll ever see. I mean, talk about ousting the leader. Yeah. That, that is what you call the college basketball a rough tenure for stall ball <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Didn't last very long. Anyways, Syracuse now could be one of the beneficiaries of the failed Stallball project. And Bryce Golden, a decommit, three star guy, six foot nine, power forward, does Just a lot of things well. Yeah. Does a lot of things well. He's not too flashy. He's not going to wow you with a lot of things, but he's going to get the job done. Reminds us both a little bit of Tyler Lydon. Yeah, I think he would make an impact right away. Not in the form of a starting role or anything, but I think he would get some considerable minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes off the bench. And, and maybe, the, the, remember, that's exactly what Lydon did right, too, exactly. his first year. No, I think he's got he's got a lot of positives in his game. I'm surprised a little bit that Jeff Capel just didn't drop a bag to keep him in Pittsburgh, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. That's a, another tangent that we save for the Fizzcast when we actually have time. When we speculate about people paying players. Yeah, <laughs> speculate. That's one way to put it. But... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, I think I think Golden is he's got a lot of pluses to his game. He can shoot it a little bit, which is great. He can stretch the floor. I don't know if he's got quite enough touch. He'll probably have to work on it a little bit to develop a three-point shot that's, you know, going to be knocked down at a consistent rate, but he's got a good touch and he can score inside and most importantly, he helps you out at a position forward which we touched on went from looking really deep to really thin and now if you add him, which I think is likely based on the way he's making a visit to Syracuse this quickly, 
after his decommitment, and he had Syracuse on his radar, and several recruiting sites have tabbed him as going to Syracuse. So it looks promising, don't want to jump the gun, but I think it's likely he comes, and he would really help out the forward spot for sure. Yeah, a couple of other teams that are looking at at Golden. Illinois one, Butler, Georgetown, and I'm missing two more. But um, when you look at what he does... He really fills that void. Again, you're going to need, whether you want, you say that Jim Beheim is only going to play seven guys, you still need that seventh guy. Like, you oh, cannot yeah. run with a six man rotation for the, the entirety of next year. And whether, whether Beheim's going to eventually cut it to seven, who knows, but you need to have at least eight to, to 10 bodies on this team. Cause again, you're going to have scholarships to play with. So why not try to fill them up as best you can? Take some flyers on some guys. And, and the other two teams that I was missing there was Wichita State and UConn. But I think I believe Syracuse is the first team he's going to be visiting. Yeah, for so, sure. So that's good and bad, I'll say. Because, again, first impressions are everything. Right. But at the same time, it seems like the team you visit last is the one you end up sticking with. Yeah, also it's interesting... If his mindset was go to Pittsburgh, play in the ACC, there's no other ACC schools on this list besides Mm -hmm. Syracuse. So maybe that was sort of in his thought process, like let's go to a smaller ACC, not smaller, I shouldn't say that, but Pittsburgh being a little down in the dumps right now, maybe go there and be an impact and compete against the Duke and UNC's and have a chance to do that because he's probably not, you know, he's 160, 170 range right now on most recruiting sites. So he's not going to get a lot of looks from the top-tier schools, but if that was his thought process, to go to an ACC school and be able to compete against those type of teams, then Syracuse fits that bill still. Yeah, this is the best available p- prospect that Syracuse could get right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. Be- when you look this at late... what they need, the timing and all that, this is a best-case scenario for this team. Because, again, when you get this late in the recruiting cycle, it's slim picking. Syracuse got lucky a couple years ago that Torian Thompson kind of dragged his decision out for a while and was still available and considering the orange. Granted, it didn't work out, but when you look at Golden, this is the one you need to lock down for next season. Otherwise, you're going to start asking questions because when you look at something this late in the process and a team as desperate for bodies as Syracuse is, and it's weird because Syracuse is returning almost everyone, maybe everyone, yeah, with the exception of Tyus Battle potentially leaving. But you're looking at bringing back the entire crew, yeah, and you still I guess need bodies and, 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 and Boyer, but but yeah, I mean, with the exception of those two guys that transferred, and you kind of saw those transfers coming in a little way, so yeah. you really are returning a bulk of your roster. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to speculate right now because we still have some things up in the air, obviously, with the highest decision. But it seems like he would fit in to maybe that third forward right now, you'd have to imagine. I mean, Buddy Beheim's kind of a tweener between guard mm-hmm. and forward, so they'd probably switch off playing like 10, 8 minutes a game and kind of be in competition for that 8 spot right now yeah. in the roster, if I were to guess. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Aki, Tim Leonard here until 10 o'clock on this Saturday morning. Be sure to tweet at us at Orange Fizz. Give us all your SU basketball thoughts. Bryce Golden making a visit this weekend. So that's the name you need to know heading in. So similar to Bryson Goodine. I know. Yeah, we've been saying this too. It's weird. I, I mentally try to prepare myself before I say his name right. every single time so I'm I don't too. botch it. 
And now that you've said that, you might be in my head again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. Bryson Goodine, <laughs> of course, is the 2019 guard who has already committed to yep. Syracuse. So just weird that two big-time recruits in the Syracuse area are, that Syracuse is after right now, one that they've already committed, and then this guy, Golden, who's going for a visit, very similar names, both with the Bryce and then the G.O. start to it. Yeah, and Golden, Goodine. Yeah. Pretty much sounds it's, the same. It makes it tough for us. They're yeah. just classic Syracuse, making making things tough for, <laughs> for the FizzCast. Um, one last note on Golden before we take a quick break is I think the beauty about him is that not a guy who's looks like he's an NBA player. He looks like a guy who's going to be here for four years. Yes, I was going to bring that up. I think that's huge because... It seems like Syracuse has recruited a lot of a lot of their better players have been going to the draft lately. I mean, Tyler Lydon, Malachi, we might see Tyus go. It feels O'Shea like Brissette they could go yeah, next year. Yeah, for sure. It feels like they're kind of due for a good four-year player, and I guess and maybe Mark is yeah, that guy. Yeah, he he could be, and it could just be Mark, Buddy Beheim, and Golden are anchoring this team in two or three years, and that's obviously. Assuming a lot, assuming one that Golden would come, he's still up in the yeah, air. Yeah, again, he still this just is still a an visit. F, we're, a big F. I feel like we're being very. We're pretty much putting him on the team already, yeah. <laughs> which which is fun to do in our sake. And I I do feel optimistic about this one, but you just never know in these situations. Again, Syracuse has been oh so close so many times. You think Jordan Tucker, you think Quade Green, and then it comes back and they they get spurned at the last second. Again, Bryce Golden is not that type of recruit. He's not your top 25, top 50 McDonald's All-American type product. No, this is a guy who decommitted from a pit team that was losing everyone, that was in shambles, and he started out his 24-7 composite as outside the top 200. Again, we're not talking about some superstar, but maybe you're finding a diamond in the rough here. But I feel like this is the type of player that takes you from maybe the fifth best team in the ACC to the second or third best team. Or, you know, it's tough to say precisely, but I feel like he could be, make a difference. And also he adds depth to the forward spot, like right. we're saying. So come March or come later in the season when some injuries maybe come up to bite Syracuse, you hopefully wish for that not to be the case. But a recruit like this can pay dividends in the long run. And, and think think this way, too. Virginia, Wisconsin, again, these are perennially good NCAA basketball teams. They're the ones that find these diamonds in the rough. Right. I Villanova mean, even. E- yep, even Villanova. You don't find these guys that are that are top 50, top 100, McDonald's All-Americans. Like, DeAndre Hunter is just a strange case at Virginia. They're not yeah. used to having a guy that big. Right. A Virginia that... guy that might actually make it in the NBA. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I guess Brogdon. He was he's yeah. been really good, but even he was like a second round pick that exactly. probably didn't have NBA aspirations. Stayed, yeah. Stayed a while in college too. So Bryce Golden making his visit this weekend. So Syracuse could have more forward help on the way, along with O'Shea Brissett. Bryce Golden could be the name to know. All right, coming up. Spring football happened yesterday. We'll get to all that and more. You're listening to Fizz Radio. Little over halfway home here on Fizz Radio, Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard with you here until the top of the hour. Now, disclaimer, we record this Thursday nights, and we don't know what happened in the spring game. Unfortunately. All, for all we know, there was a water main break, and, and the game didn't even happen. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk some Syracuse football, because you got the spring game going. It's, it's time to get the football juices rolling right now. A lot of interesting things to talk about with this team. Again, you lose so many talented pieces. You look on the defensive side. The linebacking core is pretty much wiped out. You lose Zaire Franklin. You lose Paris Bennett. 
And then on offense, you lose All-American Steve Ishmael and then Irv Phillips. Not ideal <laughs> on both Not sides. Ideal. You're losing no. leaders and you're losing maybe your four best four of your best players yeah. right there. Always tough. You're certainly losing your best players on defense. You're losing two of your best players on offense. Who's Eric Dungey throwing to? That's what I want to know right now because when you look up and down this spring depth chart, and again, it's still spring. You don't have your new freshman in. Ed Hendricks, a guy who could make some noise for this team next year, but he's not going to be playing in this game because he's not enrolling early, which is pretty standard that you don't enroll early. Again, that's you're leaving high school early, right. which is just something that's really kind of unheard of. But when you look at who's going to be on the outside in the spring game, Devin Butler, Nikeem Johnson, Antoine Cordy is flipping sides of the ball, and then Jamal Custis. I'm looking not at Jamal a lot of, Custis. Yeah, not I a think, lot of experience on yeah, that side. Yeah, no, not, definitely not. I mean, Custis is a senior, but he's been so injury-riddled that it feels like he's not even a senior. He so. is the Trevor Cooney of Syracuse <laughs> yeah, football. He's yeah. just been around forever. Right, and I don't know. I, I think, but on one hand, I feel like if there's a weak spot to have talent-wise, wide receiver's kind of good for the type of yeah. style and scheme that Dino Babers no, that's rolls a, out. I think that's a good point because when you look at – the pace and I mean even look at the guys who have been made stars in this offense. I don't think Steve Ishmael was on anyone's radar as some type of world no, beater. Or Phillips Ur came Phillips, in as a running back. And not, yeah. I Alba mean, Atawo two years ago wow doesn't not a name no. that's gonna be like, oh wow, like I feel like all every time wide receivers are going to look better in this Syracuse system. And you do have Dungey still and hopefully he's healthy. That's always a question mark, but if you have Dungy, and I think the biggest thing is you just need an improved offensive line. That's, I guess, the best part about looking ahead to next year is the secondary and the offensive line have been the two biggest issues for this team the past two, three, maybe even four or five years, it feels like. Mm-hmm. It's been the same problem, pass defense and protecting the quarterback. And you really didn't lose much on either of those two portions of the football field because— right. Even Antoine Cordy flipping to wide receiver kind of proves, I don't know if he'll actually do that. I mean, it's still way too early. Yeah, if but, I had to guess, he's not. Yeah, I feel like he's still going to play a he's lot play at the defense. safety position. Because this was a guy who was a starter on defense. Absolutely, yeah. So you really, I mean, the only person that I can think of off the top of my head that you lose secondary-wise is Devin M. Butler from Notre mm-hmm. Dame, the transfer. And, and then, then, again, you look at it, it's pretty much all the starters coming back except for... Andre Sisco getting getting the start as a freshman. He again, he's a guy who did enroll early out of IMG Academy. But aside from that, that entire secondary is pretty much back, which is big, especially yeah. considering I think there were three guys that transferred over this offseason, but yeah. you're still returning all your starters. Right. So I think that's the big thing. The secondary is going to be back and then on the offensive line, we obviously don't see Kadir White in this spring mm-hmm. spring game depth chart. Because he hasn't enrolled early like a lot of high school kids, as you mentioned. But you're returning a lot of familiar names on the offensive line, too. You've got the center coming back in Aaron Service. There's there's a lot of optimism in those two areas of the football, more than there has been in the previous four or five years. And remember, too, this offensive line, yes, it caught some heat for maybe not keeping Dungy upright all the time. Maybe the run game was struggling a lot. But when you look at the metrics of everything, yeah, it's again, weird. Th- those 
those pro football focus. They always kept they popping They always up. kept praising the Syracuse offensive line. Cody Conway was on that thing pretty much every week, yeah. it seemed like. Sam Heckel got a lot of love as well at that right guard spot. And then a couple other places, too, would also get, they'd also appear on that list. So the Syracuse offensive line has the talent. It's just now working as a unit. And now that you've got two full years together, that's big. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's weird because just looking at the roster in front of us here, I feel like wide receiver and linebacker are kind of the two biggest question marks right now if you were to pick a group. And again, we kind of said you're you're flushing out the top guys. Yeah, no doubt. Wide receiver you can probably replace. But on defense, what's going to happen Ravion Pierce isn't technically a wide receiver, but he's still a pass catcher that can help you in that department. And I think he's going to be very good next year. So it's just weird because it's kind of the opposite of last year when linebacker was such a strong strong spot of the Syracuse defense last year with Franklin and Bennett. And now you're kind of looking at D-line's going to be good, secondary might be improved, and offensive line will be improved. And then obviously quarterback and running back will stay the same, which is good overall. Yeah, and everyone says, okay, so you lose these guys at linebacker. But guess what? You're replacing them with all seniors, pretty much. You got Ryan Guthrie, senior. You've got Keelan Whitner, a senior. And then on the weak side, you've got Andrew Armstrong. But he did start at times last year. Yeah. So and not then Lakeem losing, Williams, Lakeem a Juco Williams. guy that's got a lot of mm-hmm. talent, is going to play some middle linebacker. Butte Community College, same community college that produced Packers star Aaron Rodgers. Really? So Lakeem Williams, he's a guy who was one of the more sought-after uh, Juco transfers on the market, and Syracuse was the one that landed him. He's a guy who maybe he doesn't start right away, but he's going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's safe to say this roster is more talented than last year, and the schedule is going to be tough again, but I like what I'm seeing just in terms of they're correcting some areas that have been problems in the past. Are you at least on paper, it looks like they're going to be stronger in some of those areas that have really bothered SU. Now, the big question on everyone's mind, Eric Dungy and who's on his right hip out of the running back position. So we'll, let's start with Dungy. Is he going to be healthy for the full season? And again, freak things happen. It's and, so and t- it has happened know. in the past where the freak injury is the one that knocks him out. It's not necessarily the hits to the head. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know. I mean, if I'm a betting man, I'd say no, just based on it's been three years and he hasn't been healthy for a full year yet. But I, I mean, you'd hope just for his sake, it seems like he's just due for a healthy season and, and Syracuse football is due for some good luck at the quarterback position. But it's just hard to count on that at this point based on what we've seen. Yeah, you when Dungy is healthy, and now that Lamar Jackson's out of the conference... He's one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. He could be the best quarterback in the ACC right. if he puts together some of these games like he did last year. I mean, he had big games against Clemson. He had big games in big moments against very yeah. good quarterbacks. And the numbers are a little inflated based right. on the number of plays they run and everything. But he's a dual-threat guy that's really tough to game plan for and really tough to stop. I mean, I remember last year, he went up against Ryan Finley in that NC State game where Syracuse, they make the late second-half push, ultimately come up short. But when you look at that game, Eric Dungy outplayed Ryan Finley. Oh, he's much better than Finley. And Ryan Finley was considered, at the time, one of the most accurate, one of the most precise quarterbacks in the conference. They're also different players, too. Right, exactly. Finley's not a flashy guy, but I'd rather have Dungy 
who can produce a four or five touchdown game and carry your team to a big time upset win or a win like that. He's proven that he's got the chops to win some of these big games. And I really like if he's healthy, I think you could say he's one or two in the ACC. And I mean, even though Eric Dungy has never won more than four football games in a season, it still feels like he's a winner. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. He's the guy that's going to win you games. Also, whenever he goes out of the lineup, all they do is lose. So that kind of adds to that too. They need a win after the bye this year. I think that's that's gotta they gotta dispel that narrative because that's getting a little tiresome. Just two straight years, you can't get a win in the final four games of the season. The bowl game was there for the taking last year, and obviously the Dungey injury impacts that. But that's where they've got to they've got to improve. They've got to get better as the season progresses. Real quick. Let's go to the running back position. Dante Strickland, Mo Neal. Again, you got a couple guys coming in as well, but let's focus on these two. Uh, we'll throw Marquenzie Pierre in there as well. Mm-hmm. Amongst those three, who in your mind is the best? Because I think we're going to have different answers here. <sighs> yeah. I kind of like Mo Neal. You're okay. not a big Mo Neal no, guy. No, I am a big okay. Mo Neal guy. Okay. I kind of like Neal in his big playability. If I'm picking one guy, you know, on a first down and 10 to run it up the middle, it's going to be Strickland, though, probably. And I think Pierre is just a couple years away. I think Pierre and Neil have more potential than Strickland, but right now Strickland's the senior, so I'm giving him the ball most of the time. See, I think that this is going to be the year where Mo Neal takes a stranglehold on this job. And yeah. Maybe my running back predictions aren't the greatest. I said last summer that Marquenzie Pierre was going to be the guy that kind of took the reins late in the season. He looked especially good when the they gave line. him some touches, they though. Did, but he also had some of those freshman mistakes where he would fumble, he would right. just make plays that you, you can't win football games with. And that's really what set him back in his freshman year. So I think Mo Neal, he's going to use that big playability. And again, remember, they tried to make him a slot receiver. He's pretty much regressed back to the backfield. Of course, they'll line him up out wide a couple times this year. But I think ultimately, Mo Neal is best suited to be the starting running back of this team. Yeah, You look at the body of work. Between him and Strickland, Dante Strickland was not very consistent last year. Even though he wasn't getting a ton of touches, he was not the consistent and also productive poor offensive back. line. Right, exactly. Again, not a lot of things stacked in his favor, but Mo Neal kind of made the most out of that. He was the guy that's going to make you miss left and right, whereas right. Strickland, he's moving north-south only. Yeah, he's And he's scarier. not the fastest guy either. No, yeah. And Mo Neal can give you a 70-yard touchdown right. once in a while. Dante Strickland can. And you need, that. You need can. to keep this defense, these defenses honest because if you're just going to throw short stuff over the middle and keep moving the chains and you can't swing the ball out to yeah. Mo Neal or give him a touch up the middle, remember his first touch, I believe it was his first carry, was yeah, a 49-yard no, touchdown. Freshman year, I remember that. Yeah, I think... Strickland, when's the last time you saw Strickland like bust up the middle for a thirty-yard run? He had a couple good ones against Clemson in the upset. Yeah, he had caught a screen that, pass right. that was other than set that, up for him well. He, I mean, he battled injuries too throughout the year as well. No doubt. But I still think that this team is a much better offensive team when Mo Neal is on the field. Yeah, and that's another area where they need to improve for sure. Yeah. All right. Spring football, that was yesterday. Again, we're, we record this on a Thursday night. We have no idea what happened in the spring football game. We don't know if it happened. So. Yeah, like you said, it could be a water pipe or something. Yeah. Just not even happen. Again, they've got that, what, the, the recycling thing inside the dome where they recycle all the water? Maybe maybe yeah. a pipe burst With our something. luck, DeVito will probably throw like seven touchdowns yeah. and set the world on fire. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about it. <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up. Fizz feedback on the other side. You're listening to Fizz Radio. 
All right, let's finish this thing up. Tyler Aki, Tim Leonard here on Fizz Radio. Time for Fizz Feedback. Again, we throw out questions on our Twitter account, at Orange Fizz. We take your your answers from these polls, and then we break them down. What do we see? What do we agree with? What do we disagree with? All right. First, first question out of the gate. Will Tyus Battle declare for the NBA draft? Yes, yes, but no agent, and no, he's staying. All right. This is something that you and I are both very in favor of. We think Tyus Battle is going. He Right now, it says the polls say yes at 21%, yes but no agent leading the clubhouse at 45%, and no, he's staying at 34%. So right now, 66% thinks that he's going. So about a, a two-thirds majority yeah. think he's ultimately going. I think that's kind of spot on. I would say yes, but no agent if I had to guess. So that's obviously leading the way. I feel like there's just very little chance he stays. And maybe that's just me being kind of cutthroat and and maybe I'm reading too much into I don't know. I just don't see him coming back because the option is there and I think he's late first round on many mock drafts. I I feel like he would only bolster his stock once he goes and does the workouts and all that stuff. So I would say he's going, and he will declare soon, and he'll probably be he'll he won't sign with an agent right away, but I think eventually he makes his way to the NBA. Yeah, I'm looking to. I think that yes, but no agent, and then ultimately he plays his way into the draft because right now he's like a back end first to mid second type guy, which I think is is cruelly underrating him. Yeah. When you look at what he can do defensively, and I think that's where he's going to shine in the combine, like we've kind of talked about, that's what's going to ultimately set him over the edge. I think he's going ultimately because he's going to go to the draft and people are going to realize, hey, this is an NBA player who was maybe restricted by the environment that he was in. Yeah. Also, and by the fact that he was playing 40 minutes a night. Yeah, that's, that's also true. Real quick, John Sheldon commented and said, why isn't I hope not an option? Just like to say, we're we're biased journalists here. We're going to stay away from hoping. Yeah. But also, I think if we put I hope not, every single Syracuse follower so would So why, why would we even make the poll? Right, yeah. But that was a funny comment from yeah. John Sheldon. Yeah, thank you, John. Um, next one, Fizz Feedback. Which position should Syracuse target the most in the 2019 basketball recruiting cycle? Guard, forward, or center. Leading the way is forward at 42%. That's followed by center at 33% and wrapping it up with guard that has a quarter of the votes. I think it's guard. And here's why. The way that I see this whole thing shaping up for Syracuse, you look forward, all right? Mark Dolezal is going to be around. What do you want to call Buddy Beheim? He's a tweener, but yeah. I think he, he's kind of a forward. You still too. need a ball handler. You still need a ball handler. Frank Howard graduates after this season. Jalen Carey could be a one and done. He could, and it, and remember, he has said, "I one of the reasons I chose Syracuse is because the coaches said I could be a one and done type player." Yeah, and I think he also, at the very least, he could be like O'Shea or what right. we're imagining O'Shea might be, and just go after a second year. So you still need some help. They do have Bryson Goodine though already. I'm right. going to say center just because. I think you've already got Goodine, and I feel like center, is just it's just been a while since they've had a good, true center. Like Tyler Lydon, I guess, played the anchor mm-hmm. spot of the zone, but that's so key to the zone is having that guy in the back half. I feel like you can't 
be a punishing zone or be a strong defense in the ACC without a good center nowadays, especially when you're going up against the likes of Duke and Carolina, the team to always have these big, powerful post players. So I'm going to say center because Chuku will be gone, and then Sidibe will still be there, you'd have to imagine, but he's got the knee issues that it's not a guarantee, so you want to at least have a backup or some, you know, a viable option to start if Sidibe does get bothered by injuries in the future or just to have a backup in general. Another reason why I'm saying guard real quick is because Khalif Battle is a potential target in that 2019 class. Give me four more years of Gary yes, Battle. I Give want me it. four more years of Father Battle. That would be absolutely electric. And hey, we've got John Kerry coming in too. <laughs> the dads have been the, great. The dads have been great over the last couple of years for Syracuse basketball. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Fizz Radio. For Tim Leonard, I'm Tyler Rocky. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at OrangeFizz. Also check us out online, orangefizz.net. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy your day.